Riley County School Board members met for an hour behind closed doors Tuesday night, but took no action regarding the status of its superintendent. Coming out of executive session, Board President Samantha Brown moved to authorize Hoover Law Firm of Junction City to carry out negotiations with Cliff Williams and report back to the board in two weeks. The motion passed 4-3 to three with board members Jeff Hancock, Nathan Mead, and Justin Ricketts all opposed, Mead stating he believes the motion forward was not responsible for the district. It's embarrassing and I, I'm thankful that people in our community care enough to be here. Um, I hope that just as a community you guys seek to learn and, and continue to educate yourselves as much as you can. Brown, who voted in favor, responded. If it wasn't for one board member's arrogance and thinking that they could do things they shouldn't be able to do, we wouldn't be in this position. Um, that's the only thing I would like to add. I'd agree with that. The board did not set any other special meetings. Cliff Williams was placed on administrative leave January 8th. Aaron Flair continues to serve in an interim basis. The Manhattan City Commission approved the first reading of an ordinance last night amending a section of code establishing regulations and penalties for violations within the downtown parking garage. Parking Services Manager Adrian Tucker says the clarification will give law enforcement more authority to cite folks who loiter in the garage. What I think is the most important piece is that it prevents what's called camping in the garage. So you cannot park your car there and camp out of it. You cannot live out of your car in the garage. And because we all know that causes problems. And that's something that we are currently having to navigate without an ordinance, which is difficult to do. The commission will revisit discussions at a later date regarding a potential future contract for license plate recognition technology and paid parking in that garage. In addition, commissioners chose not to alter any of the current ordinance impacting the Aggieville garage and its fee structure. Commissioner Wynn Butler. You know, we talked about none. We talked about one hour. And we finally landed on two. And I think we should just, just continue it because we're getting ready to have massive construction down there again. Yeah. And, and we just don't need to create any more turmoil. Assistant City Manager Jared Wassinger estimated it will likely take about three to four months for the city to negotiate a contract and install cameras and pay stations in the downtown garage. Manhattan Public Works crews continue to patch potholes across the city. City Engineer Brian Johnson says the area around Fort Riley Boulevard in Westwood was milled and cleaned yesterday and will be finished up today. The lane closure remains in place. City Manager Ron Fear was on K-Man's In Focus Tuesday and says the city is essentially in triage mode trying to fix issues as quickly as they arise. One of the things they're trying to do, they've got some uh, milling machine and they're trying to do bigger stretches where you got several potholes in a roll and they're just milling that whole thing out. They're putting down a new patch and trying to compact that and, and make it make it hold. And I think that's uh, making some progress this, on those areas, but certainly will be uh, a challenge for us to, to go back in and then permanently repair those. The city has contracted with Schilling Construction and has already patched over 500 potholes as of Monday. City officials are also planning the next phase of construction to widen Kimball Avenue in Manhattan's North Campus Corridor. Public works crews will close Kimball just west of the Denison Avenue intersection to near the Grain Science Center beginning February 19th. Then, after K-State commencement ceremonies in May, the intersection itself will close, according to city engineer Brian Johnson. Uh, Both of those will be back open before school next fall. And that intersection then will be fully operational. Denison will be closing then uh, next fall south of Kimball 
uh, down to Olympic Drive. This will result in a number of traffic adjustments. The southern and eastern legs of the intersection will remain open through the remainder of this semester. City Manager Ron Fierce says most traffic will shift to Anderson and Marlatt during construction. We are working on uh, talking to KDOT about putting a temporary signal at uh, Marlatt and Sethchild to help with uh, some of that traffic flow and safety features there. They're planning to do that when they close Tuttle Creek Boulevard here in, uh, I think, next Next year is when they're planning to start those roundabouts. Roundabouts he's referring to will be constructed along Tuttle Creek Boulevard north of Manhattan at the Seth Child and Highway 13 intersections. Authorities are investigating a Fort Riley woman for alleged identity theft. RCPD arrested 22-year-old Alexis Brantley Monday on a Riley County District Court warrant charging her with felony counts of identity theft and unlawful acts concerning computers as well as misdemeanor charges of theft of lost or mislaid property and criminal use of a financial card. The crime is alleged from last October. Brantley was issued a total bond of $5,000 and was no longer confined as of Tuesday's activity report. Kansas State University has selected a new person to lead its marketing and communications efforts. Patrick Burt will become K-State's new vice president for communications and marketing effective April 1st. He comes over from the University of Central Florida where he held a similar role. He'd been with UCF for more than 18 years. He fills a position at Kansas State that has been vacant for close to two years after the March 2022 retirement of former Vice President of Communications and Marketing, Jeff Morris. Good morning, I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines at News Radio KMAN as K-Man's morning news continues. With spring practices to start shortly, new K-State quarterbacks coach and co-offensive coordinator Matt Wells met with media members yesterday discussing the future and just why he elected to return to the Big 12 as an assistant. I wanted to go work for someone that, uh, that I knew and that I respected and uh, my respect for Chris Kleiman and the job that he's done here. Uh, the job that he did at North Dakota State, but also the man and the person, which I got to know a bunch over the last 10 years, uh, to me superseded that. Um, the second thing is just the consistency of this program. Wells to be working closely with sophomore-to-be Avery Johnson as his position coach. I don't pretend to know everything about him as a quarterback. Uh, I've been on the road more than I've been meeting with him, but the last few days and, and over the weekends, we met a lot over the weekends as I'd come back in, in and around recruits. Uh, coming through here. Um, started on FaceTime, though, um, you know, after the bowl game, after both of our bowl games um, into early January. So we started we started that um, relationship, uh, way, you know, before I got here. Uh, but it's it's been going good. Wells comes to K-State after two years as an analyst on the Oklahoma staff. The former Texas Tech head coach will be paired with Connor Riley as the top coaches on the offensive side of the ball. He'll also take on the associate head coach title. Kansas City could be without three key players when the Chiefs play the 49ers in Sunday's Super Bowl. Wide receiver Kadarius Toney could be a healthy scratch. Running back Jarek McKinnon and guard Joe Thune are both injured still. McKinnon, in fact, has been on IR since December 24th with a groin injury and has not practiced. Thune did not play in the AFC title game against the Ravens because of a pectoral injury.
Sunday's game is the fourth Super Bowl appearance in five years for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes asked Monday about how his prep has changed over that time frame. The biggest way I've changed is just kind of knowing what to expect of the week. I've obviously grown as a quarterback and as a leader and as a person, but being able to have a game plan for what the Super Bowl week entails and prepare myself to not play the Super Bowl before the Super Bowl game is something that I'm hoping I can use to my advantage. Game time Sunday, just after 5.30. Coverage on News Radio KMAN will get underway at 1 that afternoon. The Manhattan High boys and girls basketball teams were back at it last night after a sweep by Washburn Rule in the uh, Indians' home gym on Monday. Manhattan High came back with solid wins at home last night, says Mitch Fortner. For the second time this season, the Manhattan Indians sweep the Topeka High girls and boys as Manhattan hosting Topeka High. Got a couple of wins last night on their home floor for Pink Night. On the girls' side, it was Blowout City. Manhattan girls win at 55 to 21, led by three in double figures, 12 from Jora Parcell, 11 from Maxine Deering, and 10 points from Cab Ball as Manhattan girls sweep the Trojans and improve the record to 9-7 and seven overall and 3-3 three and three in Centennial League play. For the Manhattan boys, it wasn't that easy, although early on it looked like it was going to be a blowout. As a matter of fact, in the third quarter, Manhattan boys led by 23 points. But here come the Trojans. They got it to within five in the fourth quarter, but Manhattan with free throws hangs on for the 61-53 win. Manhattan had 22 points in the second half, scored at the free throw line. But also, a big charge for the Trojans, 24 points, six threes in the second half from Miguel Villegas. Manhattan had multiple players in double figures, 17 points from Landon Knopp, 13 from Noah McFadden, 12 points Jason Kim, and also 13 points from Asher Newcomer. Manhattan boys improved their record to now 10-6. and six. They are 4-2 and two in league play. And coming up next for the Manhattan girls and boys at Junction City Friday night for a doubleheader, which starts at 545 pregame and tip off at 6 o'clock. Manhattan sweeps Topeka High last night at home. Mitch Fortner for News Radio KMAN. Other boys basketball scores from last night. Junction City over Washburn Rule, 61-53. Chapman Falls to Wamigo, 65-52. The Marysville boys beat Rock Creek, 55-39. And Blue Valley Randolph's boys down Washington County, 71-47. In girls games, Washburn Rule over Junction City, 49-11. Wamigo gets upset by Chapman, 45-33. Marysville clips Rock Creek, 49-46. And Blue Valley Randolph was able to get past Washington County's girls, 50-46. Big 12 basketball last night. Number 5, Houston over Oklahoma State, 79-63. 13th-ranked Baylor clips number 23, Texas Tech, 79-73. 14th-ranked Iowa State over Texas, 70-65. And Oklahoma hammers number 21, BYU, 82-66. Also in the top 25, number 1, UConn defeats Butler, 71-62. Third-ranked UNC falls to Clemson, 80-76. 82-76. Number 15, South Carolina, gets by Ole Miss, 68-65. 17th-ranked Kentucky, Hammers, Vanderbilt, 109-77. Number 18, Dayton, blasts St. Joe's, 94-79. 22nd-ranked Utah State falls to Nevada, 77-63. Number 24, San Diego State over Air Force, 77-64. And 25th-ranked New Mexico downs Wyoming, 91-73. 
The countdown to K-State baseball season opener in 10 days includes another pair of honors for two of the program stars. Kalen Culpepper and Tyson Neighbors were both named preseason All-Americans yesterday by Baseball America. It marks the fourth such designation for Neighbors. The reliever was a consensus All-American last spring after holding opponents to a 135 batting average in 25 appearances out of the bullpen. Culpepper is being projected as a potential MLB draft first rounder this summer after batting 325 with 10 homers and 45 RBI last year. The Cats open the year February 16th against Cal at the MLB Desert Invitational in Scottsdale, the first of three games they'll play that weekend in Arizona. Royals shortstop Bobby Witt and front office personnel talked yesterday about the deal the young star signed Monday, the largest contract in team history at 11 years, more than $288.7 million guaranteed. Team owner John Sherman praising Witt for his commitment to improving himself while pushing his teammates. His work ethic is kind of off the charts. Every once in a while I'll go out to uh, my suite on a game day at 3.30 in the afternoon and a lot of times he's in the cage doing extra work, right? And uh, and so all all of that, and and not just at his own individual performance, but how he will elevate, you know, the rest, all of us, and the rest of the team. Wit to receive two million dollars this year. Then, in what would have been his arbitration eligible years, he will receive seven million dollars, thirteen million dollars and $19 million. If all the options are included, Witt would be 37 at the time the contract expires. A reminder that we've got Super Bowl Sunday coverage for you coming up at one Sunday afternoon, the kickoff between the Chiefs and the 49ers just after 5.30. The game this afternoon gets underway at 4.00.